0: I do want to say uh, that we have, we bought small gifts for all of our mothers that are here today. Anticipation of your being here is in no way uh, worthy of your worth. We, if we had all the money in the world, we couldn't, we couldn't do that but we do wanna leave you with something today to let you know, how special you are to us, and as a reminder that we do love you and we appreciate you so much, not only for us as individuals in our family, but also in the kingdom of God and in the church, we appreciate it. What would churches be without godly mother's influence, without their strength, it's a nasty without their love and their care and their tenderness. God did something great when he made a mother, didn't he? Amen. I want all the husbands and dads, let's give our mothers a hand this morning. So we've placed your gift in a foyer, if you will. Make sure you get that on the way out because we bought it with you in mind. We want you to have it, and there should be enough for each and every one of you. Do wanna make the announcement we're gonna allow our children to stay in the sanctuary this morning so that they can be uh, in service with mom and grandmother, and that's including Sister Paige, who wanted to be out with her mom uh this morning and uh i think that that is very honorable so we're going to allow our children to bang with us this morning if you have your bible i want to read with us we're going to read out of first timothy chapter number two beginning with verse number eight First Timothy, chapter number two, we'll begin. (coughs) Begin reading with verse number eight. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls, or costly array, but which becoming women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved, in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety, you ever looked at that verse that says the woman shall be saved in childbearing? Surely it doesn't mean redeemed or born again because she gave birth to a child. But it, the word there in the Greek means to be to be rescued or to be delivered. What the Apostle Paul is saying, she will be rescued or delivered from the shame and reproach that Eve's original sin brought upon man. She'll be saved from that through childbearing. God gave her a second chance, just like he gives us all a second chance. And he said, I'm going to allow you to put off that shame and that reproach by allowing you to raise up children who will serve me and honor me and love me. So I want to preach on mothers who made a difference. Mothers who made a difference. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray and ask for your anointing upon the word of God. And Lord, I am mindful that there are those in this house, some mothers, some not, who need miracles in their body today. God, I want today to be a day of miracles. I want today to be a gift, not only to mothers, but to every believer. Oh God, I want you to come and touch us around this altar today. I pray that what we hear, God, would be an inspiration to us all, mothers and fathers alike. Lord, that we would do our part. God, to pour in, not only to our children, but into babes in Christ, new believers, that we would disciple others to serve, love, and honor, and worship you. God, I ask it in Jesus' name, and I thank you for what you're about to do, and who you'll do it in. God, we ask it again in Christ's name. If you love him, would you say amen? Amen. Again, the woman shall be saved, this is not my words, but the apostles, inspired by the Holy Ghost, and placed in divine scripture. The woman shall be saved or rescued, delivered from the shame and reproach of Eve's original fall and sin through childbearing. That lets you know right there the honor that God placed upon the woman in bearing children. Through the honor of being a godly mother. I have uh, through the years been guilty of going overboard to try to love, to try to spoil and win the favor of my children. (laughs) But they still run to their mama. I've been double guilty trying to do the same in my grandchildren. I bribe them, take them to get ice cream, give them any and everything they want, love on them, spend time with them. Just, who's your favorite? Bob? Just something about mothers. God gave them that honor and he won't allow it to be taken away. In Proverbs chapter 31, beginning with verse 10, you know this text. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax, and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship, she bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her husband, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field, and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for, for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth in wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters, have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. All throughout the scriptures we see examples of this virtuous woman. That woman that Fears the Lord, God said she shall be praised. The writer of Proverbs asked the question in the beginning of our text, who can find a virtuous woman? He said her price is far above rubies, meaning she is a rare find. Godly mothers who put God first and as a result, honor their husband and teach their children to serve God in the fear of the Lord. God laid upon my heart in prayer this week for this service, mothers in the scripture who made a difference, that we have what we have because of their godly fear and reverence and because of their example, and they're to be honored because of it and we're to follow their example. We find in Genesis chapter 25, Rebecca was such a woman. Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And it says, And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? In other words, if I'm blessed, if you bless me to, to bear children, why is there such a struggle going on within me? What's wrong? She went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger, She inquired of the Lord, Isaac prayed for her that God would honor her and make her a mother by allowing her to bear children because she was barren. God was entreated of Isaac and heard his prayer and not only did he allow her to bear children, he blessed her double and gave her twins. But while she was having the struggle of bearing twins, carrying twins, They were at odds with each other in the womb. She asked the Lord, what's wrong with me? Something is wrong with my children. It seems as though there's trouble on the inside. And the Bible says she inquired of the Lord. And God spoke and revealed unto her, not unto Isaac, but unto Rebekah said, two nations are in your womb. One will be stronger than the other, and the elders shall serve the younger. He told Rebekah that, not Isaac. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. They called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out and his hand took hold on Esau's heel and his name was called Jacob and Isaac was three score, that's 60 years old when she bare them. The boys grew and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his venison but Rebekah loved Jacob. That's all it said. It tells us why Isaac loved Esau or favored Esau. Because he loved to eat venison. And Esau was a hunter and he ate of Esau's venison. But it just says to us, Rebekah loved or favored Jacob, it doesn't say why, but you know why. Oh, yeah. You 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 read the story and you know why. Oh, yeah. Because he was a plain man who dwelled in tents. He stayed close to mom, didn't he? He never got too far from the house. He stayed close to mom. She favored him because of it. But also because of this, God had said to her while she was carrying him, the younger is gonna rule over the elder. So you know what mom spent her life doing? Is trying to apply into that younger child everything he was gonna need to be who God had ordained him to be. There's something about it mom can see into her child's life, the future potential that he or she will have. You may not see their worth, but all oh, that mother does. You may give up on them, but not her. You may think that they're nothing but trouble, but she remembers cradling them, nursing them, nurturing them, Pouring into them and right she knows the potential of that life. Such was Rebecca unto Jacob. We know that Jacob had his thoughts. But we last hear Rebecca say to him, your older brother's mad at you, he wants to kill you. Steal away in the cover of night. Go and stay with my brother Laban that no harm's gonna come to you because God has a plan for your life. Yes. You didn't accidentally get that birth right. But I told you from the time you were born, it was yours That God has great things in store for you. Son, whatever you do, keep God first and let God touch your life. Let him use you and he did. He did, we would later See him wrestle with God and be changed forever from Jacob to Israel. Give birth to a nation of God's people. You can rightly direct it all the way back, not just to Jacob. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God was called by Jacob's name. That's the man that he grew to become. You can rightly direct it back to Rebekah's influence upon Jacob's life. Naomi, in scripture, was such a woman. In Ruth chapter four, in verse 13, it says, So Boaz took Ruth, she was his wife, and when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman. That his name may be famous in Israel. Naomi, who was a godly woman, her name meant uh, well-favored, beautiful, or pleasant, or lovely. God had blessed her. This woman was so well-favored or blessed or pleasant or lovely to be with that when her husband died carrying... His family into Moab during a drought. Her husband there died. Her two sons, Malon and Chilion, they both died. That when she entreated her daughters in law to return back to their own country and to their own families, that she didn't have any more sons to take care of them or her, and you'll be nothing with me. It was Ruth that said, No, no. I'm never leaving you. I found something in you that I couldn't find in my own mind. I found your God to be like no other God. I want your people to be my people. Where you live, that's where I want to live. And nothing but death is ever going to separate us all the days of my life. That was the influence that Naomi, a godly woman, had upon her daughter-in-law. When she returned back to Bethlehem with that lone daughter-in-law, they said, is this Naomi? She said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara or Merah, which means bitter or bitterness, because God has dealt bitterly. With me, I want to tell you, God had no intention of leaving that kind of reproach upon such a godly woman's life. Yes. I want to tell you, you may be in the worst place in your life that you've ever been, but let God write the ending to your story. I said, let God write the ending to your story. God has a better plan. The Bible said that Naomi introduced Ruth unto the law in the scripture in Deuteronomy that said if you were poor, you got to glean out of one of the four corners of the fields that God would make room for you if you would look to him for mercy and for provision. And she sent her daughter-in-law to glean in the fields and she happened upon the field by God's providence of Naomi's nearest kinsman, Boaz. She come home with not just a few scraps, but she come home with her basket running over with the choicest and the best of wheat. And Naomi said, <laughs> where in the world did you glean at? Where did you find such a bounty and such a harvest?" She said, well, I happened upon a field. And the owner of the field took a liking to me. He told me that I could walk not in the corners, but I could follow the reapers in the field. And they just dropped big handfuls on purpose for me. She said, whose field did you... Glean in, she said, some guy named Boaz. She said, we're blessed. We're blessed. She said, God has not left us. She said, he's our next of kin. She introduced Ruth to the law of the kinsman redeemer that if your husband and your sons had left, you are the Daughter-in-law's barren or childless so that her husband or son's name, their inheritance was gonna end or be wiped out. God said, I won't allow their name to be wiped out or their, in, their inheritance to be given away to strangers. Then the next of kin can redeem them and carry on their name and their inheritance. She said, he's our next of kin, he can redeem you. Long story short, he did redeem her. The Bible said that he took Ruth to be his wife, Boaz being a type of Christ, Ruth representing us, foreigner, a stranger, she was a Moabite girl who had no business in Bethlehem, but God through Naomi drew her in by his love and mercy and grace, grafted her into the vine and made her one of his own. She bare a son and the women of the city heard Naomi when she said, don't call me blessed or pleasant or beautiful, Mm -hmm. but call me bitter. God has dealt bitterly with me. They said, oh no, God's wrote a better ending to your story and they brought the child of Naomi and the Bible said that they named him which I find astounding that Ruth would let the women of the city name her son and they named him Obed which means a servant worshiper of God a servant worshiper of God and they placed the child in Naomi's lap this is what Happened. The women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. He shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. And Naomi took the child, laid it in her bosom, and became a nurse unto it, or she raised him. And the women, her neighbors gave him a name saying, there's a son born to Naomi," And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. Think about that. The Bible goes on to list their genealogy and it says, Salmon begat Boaz. And you've got to do a little research To understand who Salmon was. You can go to Matthew and follow the genealogy of the children of Israel from Abraham all the way to Jesus Christ. Salmon was the son of one Rahab the harlot who was redeemed by God her own self as a stranger, a a, a foreigner, a, a wretched sinner. Rahab the harlot. But she said, I've heard of your God. Please don't let me be destroyed with the rest of the city, for I know assuredly God has given our city into your hands and that we can never stand before him. His fame, his honor, his reputation of what he did to the Egyptians and all who come against him. Please don't let me. Fall before God as his enemy. And they said, tie this scarlet thread. Scarlet representing the blood of Jesus Christ. Let that be tied in your window. Stay in this uh, house. Get all your family and all your kinsmen in this house. uh, And we'll spare you or God will spare you. But if you be found outside of the house where this scarlet is tied, then your own blood be upon your own heads, uh, and she did what they what they said, and she became a proselyte to the Jewish faith. That is, to Judaism, she 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 served God under the uh, you know under the uh, under the law and under the patriarch. And the Bible said she became the mother of Salmon, who who was uh, the father of Boaz. No wonder Boaz was such a willing kinsman redeemer no wonder he was he was so willing to take ruth a moabite in no wonder he loved the unlovable who wrapped his arms around the reproachable and the wretched no wonder he was so full of compassion and kindness And she probably asked, why have you shown such kindness to me? I'm not a woman of Israel. I'm but a stranger here. My parents and grandparents were heathens. I shouldn't deserve such blessing. And I could hear him say, neither should I. Neither should I. My mother was the same as you are. And she was... Grafted in, brought in by the mercies of God. God made room for her and now he's making room for you. Uh, Do you think it was by accident that Naomi raised up Obed? And Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. Do you think it was some mere accident or coincidence that David was anointed? To play the stringed instruments. That he could strum that harp like nobody else, uh, and the Spirit of God would drive away the demonic powers off of Saul's life. Do you think it was uh, any accident that as a young child, a coincidence that as a young boy, David was a man after God's own heart? No, 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 no. Walk it all the way back to Naomi, who was lovely. Pleasant, uh, beautiful in the eyes of God. It was so godly and God feared him that her daughter-in-law would never leave her side. Raised up that boy, Obed. I believe she taught him how to play the stringed instrument. She raised him to be a servant worshiper of God. Obed put that in his children. And his children, Jesse, put that uh, in his grandchildren. And you can walk it all the way back to Naomi. And you can literally say that a woman of God shaped the entire future of a nation that David would reign and be king over. Mothers who made a difference. You don't know who you're rocking in your arms. You don't know the potential that you have to shape and influence their lives. I know many parents got saved in their later years and I've consoled more than one parent that says, I didn't get saved till I was 40 and my children followed my awful example They're doing the same things that I raised them to do, what they've seen me do. It's all my fault. I say, I always point them back to Naomi. God will give you a second chance. God will give you a second chance. Naomi got to shape her grandson who in turn would shape generations to come. Hannah was such a woman in 1 Samuel chapter number 1. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Why eatest thou not? Why is thy heart greed? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord and she, Hannah, was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, that thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child. Then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she was drunk. And he said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. But Hannah answered and said, No. My Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto then Eli answered and said go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him and she said let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight so the woman went away and did eat and her countenance was no more sad and they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying because I asked him of the Lord. That's what Samuel's name meant. An answer to prayer. An answer to prayer. How many Samuels have you ever held in your hand? the answer to prayer. The man Elkanah and all of his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his and his vow but Hannah went not up for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned. Then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord established his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. When she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young and they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed and the Lord hath given me my petition, petition which I ask of him therefore also I have lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth he shall be lent unto the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there God gave me this boy and I'm giving him back to God he's going to live and worship and serve in this temple all the days of his life God's greatest gift to Hannah was the son that he blessed her with. And Hannah's gift back to the Lord is I'm going to raise him. I'm going to shape him. I'm going to influence him to be, to be clay in your hands, to be a vessel in your hand, to be the servant of the Lord. Take him and use him as you will. A godly mother knows wherein her greatest treasures lie in the life of her children. Her gift to God will be to shape those children's life to be used by God. Here's the amazing thing. Is Naomi was well before Hannah's time. But God used Naomi Pointing to David Who would be king of Israel And in the lineage of Jesus Christ And in order To make David Who he was God looked to Hannah Who would give birth to a son Who would be the very prophet Who would pour the horn of anointing oil Over David's head And pray the prayer over him Mm -hmm. I'm telling you we look to godly men as vessels that were used mightily by God, but don't forget the honor that God gave to the woman. She was saved from reproach and childbearing. Somebody raised those men of God and shaped their life to be instruments in God's hand. Give her honor this morning. Give her honor this morning. Mary was such a woman. Curse if you'll come and help me. I'm closing. Mary was such a woman in Luke chapter one, again, a very familiar story. Verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, Cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. For the angel said unto her, her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth the Son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary, highly favored, blessed of God, a virtuous woman that was spoken of in the book of Proverbs. God found her. God gave her the honor in childbearing of giving birth to the Son of God. She never stood in Christ's way. At 12 years old, they took him to the temple, went back home. Jesus remained in the temple. She ran back to Jerusalem, looked everywhere where they had been last, retraced her steps, which brought her back to the temple, found Jesus there and said, son, why have you th- thus dealt with us? You, you, you know, Joseph and I have been looking everywhere for you. You've worried me to death. He said, knowest thou not that I must be about my father's business? And you never hear one word of rebuke. You never see Mary stand in Christ's way of being the Christ, of fulfilling the word of God, of uh, of being the Messiah. God gave her the honor of bearing the Son of God. You think about the reproach. That was taken away. Mm-hmm. Lois and Eunice, two such women in scripture found in 2 Timothy 1 and 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, that is, Paul was saying, the unfeigned faith that's in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded, it said, you also. You know what Paul was doing? He was literally crediting the man that Timothy had grown into and had become. He was crediting that boy's salvation and the call of God upon that boy's life all the way back to his grandmother. Timothy, I know your grandmother. And I know your mama. And I know what's in them, they put it in you. God has a call on your life, and he gave the honor of it to the grandmother and to the mother. I'm not just hyping up moms because this is a Mother's Day, a national holiday. This is a biblical precedent. She's worthy of the honor. I'm convinced that there are mothers here today who will make a difference in the lives of their children, who will be used mightily by God in these last days to shape the lives of young people that will be used by God in ways that will blow our mind. And I won't say today, today of all days, Let her husband praise her, is what the scripture says. Let her children rise up and praise her. And God said, let her own works praise her in the gates. In the gates of the cities where all business was conducted, all legal transactions took place. It's where people were recognized or honored. I know he was talking about here on earth, but i thought about some of the mothers that have gone on before us. Let her own works praise her in the gates. I've thought of the many times the Lord had told the angels, stand back. A godly woman is about to come through those gates that not only lived a godly life in her short span, but she has shaped the next two to three generations after her by the life she's lived. I'm gonna do what I can. I'm gonna do everything I can as a, as a father, as a grandfather, and as a pastor shape my family to lead my family to be a godly example to my family but I can stand on my head and never have the influence that my wife has on my family there's something about the honor that God gave to that mother in bearing that child nursing it Giving it life, pour it into it. There's something about that that God will not allow to be taken away. My heroes are all men of God that poured spiritually into me. But if you search your own heart, and look backwards into your life, it's the women that nourished you, that cradled you, comforted you, and fed you, that truly touched and shaped who you are today. The Bible's sitting there to be given honor. That's not to be taken away. I want us to stand this morning. special blessing over our mothers today.